welcome back here to Spiritual Sundays on the Everyday Ceremony. This is where my very good friend Ryan and I am going to be sharing about our spiritual journeys, our experiences throughout the week, our encounters, practices, tools, and just a little bit of wisdom for you to keep moving forward on your healing journey as well. Without further ado, let's dive right into it. <laughs> I, did I ever talk to you about uh, uh, my past live stuff? Did I yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did that. We did that. The Jesus' brother? Yes. Okay. So I did one, I did one three days ago. And my... I don't know if I told you, but my friend, my friend's name is Isaac. Mm -hmm. and, and did I tell you that? And no. I, so the story, I had this, I had this premonition a couple of years ago about this, this, um, about the earth kind of in flames and, and being able to look through all of this madness and see the light and see the beauty in the process, the chaos. And when I went to jujitsu that day, my friend who's a Muslim told me, oh, that's the story of, of uh, Abraham. And I was like, huh, I just heard, I had just heard about Abraham. And I just said this, I just had this kind of like definite like God moment. And then he tells me about Abraham and this is his story. I was like, ah, this is crazy. And then the guy at jujitsu, his name is Isaac. And we had a connection and I went and did a healing at his house. Uh, it, was, it was the first person I did a healing, the second person I did a healing on. And I, Abraham's son's name is Isaac. And I was like, huh, another crazy connection. And then Isaac tells me he just wants to, like, if I said, well, he's an engineer right now. I was like, well, what would you want to do if, you're, if you could just do anything? He's like, you know, I just grow my food and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, this is crazy, right? So that's exactly what Isaac did in the story of Abraham and Isaac. And Isaac has a daughter uh, two weeks ago. What does he call her? Sarah. What's Isaac's in the Bible? What's Abraham's wife's name? Sarah, they're not doing this because they're religious. And I, was like, and I said that to him and I was like, did you know that that was her name? And he's like, no, but that's kind of crazy, right? I was like, it's beyond crazy, so don't worry about it. And then that group, the group meditation that I do on Thursday mornings, she, about three weeks ago, she says to me, and she sees like, she sees Jesus, she sees spirits come to our meditation, she sees it all. And I was like, okay, she says, Abraham came to the lot to the session today and had a feeling it was for you and I, I laughed because I was like okay so the story of Abraham is is of him leading God told him to lead his people to another land and he would tell him the land when it when time came and so I, I think I mentioned this before but my message from all of this as crazy as this sounds is that I'm being led to lead a group of people to Kelowna to build this center, to build this healing place, to build this Eden, this new way of living for the world to see. And I know it sounds so crazy. Even I saying it sounds crazy, but the synchronicities are too connected for me not to believe it. Um, and so I have, I, I, I had this feeling I needed to do a, a, a past life meditation. So I do it two nights ago and I look down and I see my boots and they're kind of wrapped with like some sort of leather, like they go up to my knees and it's like a white, a white garment 
and like cloth and it goes up my body, but it, it has this like wrapping around my head. Like it's like covered my head and I was like, oh, this is strange. I really wanted to connect with something in Tartaria. So I was like, I, I was kind of fighting it. Like I, I wanted to connect to something back then. And, but I was allowing it to come. And then it said the year 1534. And I was like, what? I was like, cause the, the week before I did a Tartaria thing and it told me 1634. So that's how I knew that it was that close. And they, they suspect that's what they were saying that it was before the 1800s, 1700s. I was like, so I asked, they said 1634. I was like, okay. But when it said 1534, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Well, whatever, go with it. And it, it said, where, where are you? And it said, Uruk, Uruk. And I was like, oh, that's weird. What the fuck is that? And then it said, what's your name? Sarah. And I was like, what? What is going on? And I didn't get much more out of it, but then I look up, I go to bed and I'm on my phone and I was like, Uric, U-R-E-K. And Uric came up, U-R-U-K, Uric. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where is that? And it was like ancient Mesopotamia, Sumer, Sumeria. And then I look up again more about Abraham. Abraham was born in Ur, U-R, and Uric was a town from the, around that that time and they ended up in that town Europe Sarah, Sarah and, and Abraham <laughs> I was like oh dear this is too much and and, and I was like so I, I went to take my kid to soccer tonight and I was like I got to do it again I got to somehow I got to tap back into that and figure out more so Sarah died when she was 127 and the story of her dying was um something to do with Isaac. There, I, I don't want to bastardize it because I forget the name of it, but it's a, a name of what happened to Isaac. And it was almost like he almost died because of something his father did. So his father, something to do with God and his father and Isaac and, oh, maybe, I don't know. It's something to do with him, with Isaac almost dying. And she died just from the thought of it. And I was like, huh, that's crazy. So I do a hypnotize, a hypnotize, a hypnotize session today. And it was a new lady I hadn't done with her before. And it says, don't have expectations. You're not supposed to have expectations before you go into something, but I kind of did. Mm -hmm. And it was the same feeling I had when I went with the Jesus's brother, Thomas. And I knew that that's what I wanted. And I went to it and it told me everything. And this was the same thing. And went back and I was Sarah again and I was trying to understand what the lesson was for me not that I'm oh I was Sarah it was what was the lesson for me and and what was her role and my role and it was that she died of a broken heart and mm. she died of a broken heart because of what had happened like the her role as a mother was to keep her family together, was to, to, to give the family love, was to, was just like this, this, this true mother, right? And, uh, and, and, so, and, and the fact that she almost lost her son because of something her husband did, broke her heart to death. And we've heard the stories of chimpanzees or monkeys and the mother dying and the, 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 the younger son going over to her and literally lying down beside her and dying of a broken heart. 
like there's a scientific study where you can wow. see the monkey do that. And, and that memory came up in my mind immediately when, 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 when the message was being said in my heart, in my mind. And I, cause I was trying to understand what do you mean a broken heart? I was like, Oh, the monkeys. Oh shit. And what was my role connection? And I could see my role, my role in my family feels like a mother. I speak to my, I, I'm, I'm so mothering of my kids and, and, and my trauma has, has destroyed, not destroyed, has twisted in a, in a negative light. So I'm, I'm kind of overbearing. I've been controlling up to, up to a few years ago. Right. So it's, it's, it's not a, it's not coming from a loving place. And same with my mother, my mother's very traumatized and, and nothing she did ever seemed loving. And now I'm, I'm seeing her, in a different light, I'm seeing the parts that we're loving, even though a lot of it was trauma and a lot of it was ego, a lot of it was tampered with. Uh, so I see my role, what I learned from her and what I learned from my grandmother, same thing and, and what I'm doing. And, and my ego wouldn't allow me to, to see me as a man, be a mother. And, and, and this like concept of, you know, being the man and going to work and, and running the family and doing this. And, but like letting go and being so at peace with like what I really feel good at. Mm-hmm. And the last week I have actually felt like four, four days ago, I felt so lost for the first time in so long where it was like, who am I? And what do I even like to do? Like I've lost, I've had to let go of so many things to the point where I'm, I'm really nothing. And then I, again, I listened to a lady on Instagram and she said, if you're feeling like this right now, it just means that you've literally shed that, that eat, that your ego is dead. It's dying. It's dead. It's like, and everything you've been up until now has been for somebody else. It's been to appease your father. It's been to, to, to show off to your friend. It's been to all of these things aren't us or aren't me, aren't us. We, we've, we've been conditioned to be us. And so I felt so lost. And literally, as I'm saying this story to you, I'm realizing what I'm here for. And it isn't even, even leading, my, leading my people to build this place. That's not me. That's not for me. That's God coming through me to do something f- for everybody. But me, I'm, I'm here for my family and to love and to teach them love and to love them. And, and I feel like just saying it to you now feels so different, but it like, so even, even like looking back, I'm trying to figure out why I was her and why I was like these pretty prominent figures in history. And looking, I, I went to look at a chart uh, of, of bloodlines because I still don't understand bloodlines very, very well. I'm wondering if, if bloodlines that we have the ability through bloodlines to reincarnate. If that's what we do, we just kind of follow the bloodline, but we're just different people along these lines. Um, because Jesus and his brother would, would line up to, to, to her. And, and uh, cause Sarah is actually uh, the sister of Abraham, which is kind of, you know, back then. Who cares? Whatever. And you, you're like, you hear so many of that kind of stories, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to piece that stuff together. But again, it's, it's again, and again, it comes back to like the essence of what we've been talking about and what you've changed into. It, it, 
it's so simple. It, it comes back to love. Mm -hmm. And like how good that makes us feel and how hard it is for a man to like it, to admit that that's his, it, what, what his, his goal is here, what his, what his job is. Yeah. So there it's, is life. It's, it's super, super interesting that you say that it's, I just a week ago, actually, before we went to Turkey, um, I got an astrology reading and um, there it said that my life's purpose in this lifetime is family and relationships and when I heard that like I felt that and it was just like I knew that this is it and I looking back I knew it all the time but there was this programming where I thought that I need to be this and that and I need to achieve and I need to create and I need to do business and all that kind of stuff and I'm not saying that I'm not doing this but just having the focus on family and relationships and like really having the focus on loving and supporting and leading from a place of compassion and heart and then everything else coming as a byproduct it's just a completely different way of looking at it because it comes like all these things that we are chasing actually are given all the time if we just focus on the right thing <laughs> and it's i i also thought about this i i had a really nice conversation with um a fellow a fellow coach and mentor like we we were in the same program and we were just talking about that whole money thing and like in that program which is like business breakthrough you get taught that like you need to make that money because like you're worth it and like um, you need to charge that amount of money and all that kind of stuff. But what we both felt really deeply is like that whole money thing is like that full-blown ego game. And like if we define our self-worth only about like over money, it's like maybe we build self-confidence, but this is also ego-based. We don't build trust in ourselves. And starting like that, that whole coaching and mentoring journey, I was so focused on that whole money thing. And I was like, okay, I want to make like a hundred K this year. And we had that conversation. It was like, I need this money to then eventually build that healing center or whatsoever. Um, but yesterday in that conversation, I realized that, okay, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have that money or like these resources are not going to come to me, but I got to focus on, really like leading from the heart and then all these things that I think I need come as byproducts of just me really leading from the heart and maybe I never own this money or the resources or whatever we will need in the future to to create that kind of stuff but it will just come to us if we start like really leading from the heart and really sharing and being generous and really showing that love instead of chasing these things and actually lowering our vibration all the time because we're in that fear-based I don't know fear-based just kind of living of like oh, I need to get this to then be able to do something else instead of oh I just do what feels really good to me right now and what feels true to me right now and everything else comes as a byproduct but like making this shift is, it's crazy. 
it's crazy. It, we're again. I listened to another thing tonight, and it said um, again. It's a little bit more kind of you know another level, but it, it basically said as five dimensional beings, which we're transforming into, and what we what we were originally here for in the beginning, it is exactly what you're saying, and and we just can't fathom. Again, manifesting is this is this is the lowest form, and if it's just about love and family and creating and you you live we all have the power to create whatever we want we just have to find the steps to the belief and and when you erase this programming of money and take that out of the picture and even hard work hard work has been rammed into us and as a german you're german aren't you yeah <laughs> so, well I'll, I'll the link i'll send you to about all the the Tartaria stuff, Germans in particular, crazy. Like this has been rammed and rammed into your culture, rammed into your bloodline, rammed it's, and how it started, it will blow your mind. But it's, it's the, even my family, my dad, it was all about hard work. I was working yeah. at like, and I think my dad, I was such a bad kid. When I was eight, nine, I was filling holes on the construction site with him. And so I've been working my whole life. And hard work was rammed into me. And I, like, I worked 16, 17, 19, 20, not sleep all night, just work. And, and the, listening to this woman say, it was never supposed to be about hard work. Like when you get the pictures, those romantic paintings of, you know, naked women lying, eating the fruit and, and, and like another guy just painting, like that's literally what it was supposed to be. Like creation, love, and like, and it sounds romantic, but it's literally, it's not a movie. It's not a novel. It's not science fiction. It's, it's what we were meant to do. We were meant to create from the heart. We were meant to create and, and love each other. And can you imagine walking around, like literally walking down the street and the person walks by you and smiles and, says, and, and you feel that love or your neighbors out and like, it's almost like a, like a, 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 a what's the movie, the Twilight Zone movie where everybody's kind of acting strange, right? You couldn't, you can't even fathom like everybody just in harmony and, and not having to, you wake up in the morning and if you need food, you have it because mother earth is taken care of and she gives bountiful. There's so much land on earth we've been lied to. There's so much opportunity to, to grow food everywhere, right? We grow all of these trees all over the cities. Why aren't they all fruit trees? How much of a shift is that? Just a seed, a different seed, pull the tree up, plant another seed. And like you change the whole concept of a city just like that. So like, it's not far fetched to think that we can just shift things. We know what we're over farming. We know we're, we're eating too much meat. We know that takes up way too much land. And it's not even 1% of the land we're being told that's really here on earth, right? There's so much unused land. And, and if we're, that was the other thing that was interesting about this, this diet. Because our, our, our intestines or our, um, our colon is so clogged with food, we eat more. Our body tells us to eat more because we're not absorbing the nutrients we need. So it said, after you do this detox and you get rid of everything, because uh, my, first, my first thought was, wow, when we did that fruit diet and vegetable diet, like you spend a lot on juicing. Like it's a lot, you have to buy a lot of food um, and organic is expensive. And I was like, 
the guy said, he's like, once you do this cleanse, you actually eat less. And that's mm -hmm. what we were saying. Jesus said, you only need two meals a day. And the, the sad guru guy, the famous guy on Instagram is an Indian kind of guru. I yeah. hate that. that word is stupid, but um, he only eats once a day. And some, I know some yogis do that too. And it's like, it, we just can't wrap our heads around it because we've been conditioned to do three meals, right? And then we get back to just eating what we need and knowing the, the time frame, like the Ayurvedic time frame, going to bed earlier, waking up with the sun, you know, eating what's needed to get the day started and then stop eating at a certain time because it takes four hours to digest and you need to go to bed early, right? So then all of a sudden you only have time for two meals. Yeah. And you realize, oh, I can get by with this. And then if you're out at the tree and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna grab that apple and eat. And like, I was doing that all last year. I had, I planted pears, apples, trees, cherry trees, and I would just go out and grab the apple and eat it. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And the taste was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It, it's so interesting that you're touching on this because I've been like having ha had that experience, like going through that training to become a vegan nutritionist and all that kind of stuff. Like I got bombarded with like information and then there was like all the counter side and here and there and this and that. And also like with meal timings and all that kind of stuff. And I was trying so much, right? Like I was trying um, one meal a day, two meals a day, five meals a day, like smaller meals and all that kind of stuff. But recently, like the pattern I've been falling back into, like following my intuition and like really listening to my body when I need food is two meals a day, which is one in the morning, one in the early evening, like around five, 5 p.m., something like that. And then in between these meals, like if I feel like it, grab a pear, grab an orange, whatever I have like laying around here, like as fruits. And that's about it. And I feel so good with it. And I feel so freaking good with it. And it is really like, it's not a hassle at all. It's like, I don't need to think about, oh, what am I going to do for lunch? No, I just don't have lunch because I don't need it. I don't need that extra, extra meal. But what's beautiful about that is I take more time for breakfast and dinner or whatever you want to call them. Like... <laughs> these meals just for these two meals and it's like really I take time to prepare them I take time to sit down with my wife to really enjoy them phones are not allowed at the table anymore like oftentimes still like my wife has a question of like what does your schedule look like or I ask her something and I'm like oh I'm just quickly gonna check and she's like no just tell me after the meal like I just wanted to ask you right now because we're sitting here but tell me after the meal and we just we're praying before the meal and like just being grateful for like everyone who was like involved in like getting this food onto our plates, like everybody like planting the seeds, harvesting the food, like the truck driver, like bringing the food over the guys working in the supermarket or on the markets or wherever we got the stuff. And I felt how also my digestion was getting better and better. And this is, I think also an interesting part about that, whole organic or not organic thing I think it does make a difference but what is even more important for me is how I eat the food 
and how that process looks like because there is one restaurant and they they use wheat like there is gluten in there and like usually i don't digest gluten well yeah they said not to eat that was one of the things on this list not like jesus said that too he said you're not supposed to eat grains which is tough but but when i go there I feel amazing afterwards. I feel light afterwards. My body digested so well. And I think you, you said this in one of the previous episodes where it's like, it's not so much about what we eat, but how we eat it. And I think it, sorry? It wasn't about what goes in your mouth. It matters more what comes out of your mouth is what they were saying. So it's same, okay. very, very similar, right? But it's, it's just the importance isn't, isn't so much what's in there because it's all in the mind. Yeah. So I think if we, and of course, like there is a difference between like eating like red meat and eating fruits. There is a difference there. But I think if you really feel like a burger, but you can really make a ceremony out of it and you can really, I don't know, like show gratitude for like the animal, like which died for you. And like, it's really like celebrating that act of eating rather than just like gulping it down and then feeling shit afterwards it has a different energy what's that movie is it called avatar the with the blue the big blue uh, yeah aliens it's very similar right when they when they killed that animal in that movie and she 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 does a whole like ceremony and it's very native looking right they there's a lot of gratitude for it and there's this so i think that the same with like drinking a glass of water and 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 telling it loving things before you drink it it's uh i'm, I'm kind of torn because what i'm learning about is about the consciousness and how it's a collective right so on one hand it like you're talking about what we've what we've learned so much information into our brain so it's hard to unlearn a lot of these things but at the same time the con the the, the consciousness of the collective is also sitting in there so it's like it'd be great. Like I know at one point, I know we don't need to eat. Like I might, my, my, I know this, I know we don't even need food. I know that we can just breathe it out. And my, but my mind, what I've learned isn't strong enough to get over all the shit I put in my head. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the collective is nowhere near ready for that. So that oh, also, yeah. so that, but that, that balance in our mind, you could, you could work on this your whole life. And if the collective isn't anywhere near that, it's going to be hard for you to really absorb that because in the back of your mind is everybody else, right? It's, it's, it's a tough one to go by, but you're, you're absolutely right. The loving intent we need to, it's like praying. I think we've gotten away from, from, from praying before our food or giving thanks or giving grace because of religion and what that's done. Yeah. But I, I, I've been just talking to my family about it. I want to implement that back in before we eat. I want to, I want to give, give thanks, like give grace, you know, why does that feel so awkward? Because religion, because it's got a shitty name because what, what's happened. Everybody doesn't want to do that. It feels weird. Who's they, most people don't even believe in God, right? If you, but if you get back to giving thanks to God for what you have, it's hard to go wrong with that. Yeah. I, I see com completely like, where you coming from, like in the, in this area, because when I look back onto my journey, where I was going from like eating meat 
and just eating it because it was a pattern in Germany, like sausages and all that kind of stuff. I just grew up eating that. I was looking back. I did not really enjoy it. I just ate it because it was there and because like my family was doing it and that's fine. But it was like going from eating meat and then going to Argentina and just like eating so much meat over there and coming back to Germany and actually being like, oh, fuck, I need a break from that. So then realizing, oh, it actually feels really nice. So then also realizing I don't need any other animal products and going like fully vegan. Then going to like this extreme vegan thing and just being like, oh, like any kind of animal product is like the devil. So now realizing if I want to eat that piece of pizza with four cheeses on there and wheat flour in the dough, but I really take that moment before and appreciate all th this whole experience and I eat it from a place of love and not from a place of like, oh, I need to eat this right now to kind of mask my emotions or, or to feel better or whatsoever but really eating it from a place of like wow I'm so fucking grateful that I can eat these this piece of four cheese pizza it's a completely different experience plus your body also like on a 3d level your body has the ability if we have the ability to eat this garbage our whole lives and like live to 80 or 90 like eating that pizza if you're eating so clean all the time and your attitude's really good and you have a good zest on life and you eat that piece your body's gonna not die it's just gonna take longer to process it and you'll get through it and i'm sure you'll clean it out and like your body will get rid of it and then just go back to the way you're eating but it's just a lot of people have a hard time with that but i, I think it's i really think it's about for me, it was hard to see how much emotions I had attached to it and how much food was really based on memories. And like so many things like eating popcorn at a movie, um, like all pizza, hamburger, all these things, they all have these connections back to, 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 uh, to memories that I had. And those memories came from the way my parents grew up and family and you know, even in Germany, I was saying sausages. Like I, the minute you said it, I was like, that's all. When I, when I went with my buddy to the Ricovan, I remember having the sausage with the mustard and like, and when I, when I go back to Germany, I'm going to want to have a sausage, right? Like it's just that emotion is attached to that, that, that good memory that I have. And, and, and I don't even know if it's that simple. Like I, at the same time, I think it's all, it's so much conditioning, uh, beyond or beyond just advertising there's just so much and it comes back to tartaria again like it really does like there's so much conditioning it's uh it's 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 mind-blowing they they actually say there was a story about these they're called the canaanites like, uh, i think all in this like you know the same area of land in the middle east like the phoenicians and the babylonians and the canaanites they said that they get the word Canaanites from the word cannibal and and I forget what and I'm not sure if it was because of these cataclysms that happened and they were forced to do that and and like why we started to eat meat and that was the basis of it and they they were like similar in in uh, uh, in the west in California they called it but it was called something else before Cali. It was Cali something. And these, when, when the Spanish came over 
before Columbus. Um, they, they tried to go to this land and there was these like tall, uh, white, bald, kind of native looking people. And they said that something to do with eating the meat was making them bald because they were cannibals. Mm. And, and they, they actually, the guy tied in uh, because he showed the history of where these kind of, where this culture went to. And, you know, in the, in, in the British parliament, how they wear those white wigs. Yeah. They, they, the reason, nobody ever got a good reason why they wear those white wigs. And the white wigs were to cover up that baldness because these certain types of people were generally bald. This, this race of this culture, whatever these people were. And, just so much, there's so much information, but it like, if I found it funny that it came up because the synchronicities are wild for me. And, um, and then on Instagram now, a couple other like pages dedicated to this came up for me. And I was like, so I'm learning there and I'm like, how is this all connecting for me? They actually call it the great mud flood. That's another use for this. So there's Tartaria and the great mud flood. They show all over the world, everything was buried in mud. Mm -hmm. And they show in Russia, these excavations that happened. So on these fantastic looking building structures and then excavation happened and they show how far down those actual buildings went down. We, they look like normal buildings, but they're like twice the height because they were okay. covered they covered in mud and then the guy shows you all these structures all of like easter island you know those east i think easter island is the one where they have those big stone heads there's like a, all over this island there's these giant stone head figures have you heard of that or no? yeah, yeah 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 so those they've actually excavated those now and they actually go down like 30 feet and so they're they're, they're not stone heads they're stone huge towers wow covered in mud and uh, and so I was like, wow, how did this happen everywhere? We're like, oh, what would cause a, cause a mud flood? And so they do this science experiment in this glass box. They put two houses and they put some cars and it's basically like dirt. And then they, they do basic like, like, a, like, a, like an earthquake and it vibrates at a certain pace. And it's just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the mud, the dirt turns to mud and water rises up and everything sinks. So an earthquake could have happened, a, a global kind of earthquake where the, everything unsettled and, it, and the, the groundwater comes up and it, it sunk everything. So it wasn't like a, a mud flood, it was a, a vibration that created this mud. Like to see it is so mind blowing. And they, they basically took orphans, all these orphans and transported them all over the world. And it was a big part of the population in Australia. So they, there's a story about Australia being populated by uh, criminals. They took criminals and populated Australia with them. That's how it started. And then these orphans that's, came. That's how it feels sometimes. <laughs> that's why it's crazy but all of these orphans they, they took them all over the world and put them without their parents and, and transported them to repopulate after the mud flood 
And this was the beginning of this global reset, which created this last 300 years. And they show pictures of these kids on trains everywhere. And, and I don't know, I, I don't know like I, how or why or what all, what had happened, but it basically shows that they, they won't have memories because everything's passed down, right? And so if your parents are gone, you don't have these stories of your past. Yeah. So these kids populating the earth in different places creates a whole new chance for his story to be told, right? His story, his story. And who, who gets to tell history, but the, the people that won the war, right? The people that won get to tell the, the story. And so we, we need to see all of this and it's coming to light. Like I, I, I uh, synchronicities are wild for me right now. And I just believe this is a story that how do, how do we never learn this in school? Just even this story alone, how do we never learn this story? And, and the, the idea that these cataclysms happen from our spirituality raising and looking at how spiritually advanced this, situ this civilization was back then, we're told of these cataclysms and these cultures being thousands of years old, Egypt being 10,000 years old and all of these things and erosion and looking at, the, at, this, at this kind of other history, it, does, it actually doesn't make sense at all. It's actually a lot closer than we think. But to think that a, a cataclysm happened 300 years ago, 200 years ago, would freak most people out, right? It would actually, it, it's kind of putting reality, it puts it way too close. But 10,000 years ago, we had a, a flood and nobody really cares. It's like, ah, 10,000 yeah. years ago, right? It's, it's, it's wild, man. So from that whole story, <laughs> What would you, because it's, this is a question that pops up for me right now. And it's like, I kind of have an answer, but I want to hear your, your take on it as well. Like, what can we now take from it? Like, I also want you to send me over all the links that I can put them into the description that for people to check it out. And I also want to check it out, but like, what can we do right now? Like, what are things where we can pay like more attention to like, What can we do about it right now? It's very simple. I think two things. It's about going within. It's about, it's about dealing with number one, each of us, right? So yeah. I can't look at my family, all the problems, the world, all of that. I need to just look within, look at myself and what, what can I really look at and really see what I need to let go of. And, and people say, well, what do you mean let go? And what do you mean like looking within? And look, we all have some things in the back of our mind that we know just we're not doing right. Whether it be the guy smoking cigarettes or the guy drinking, or those things are always in the back of our mind. It always is always a voice saying, what are we doing, right? And, and we struggle with it. But those simple things we talked about a few weeks ago about like either breath work or meditation or eating, just take one, And, and start. And I would start with meditation because I feel it's the easiest one. Um, again, the emotions attached to uh, old energy, like our food is going to be really difficult. Maybe that's why it's coming to me now because I've dealt with everything else, to be honest. But meditation is such a new act for most people that you can get into it and, and, and you can see the effects 
so clearly, right? So I think that's the, the easiest way to start dealing with the anxiety and fear that's naturally within us and, 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 start, and start allowing that process to unfold because that's how the magic started to unfold for me. Little light bulbs started going off in that process and, and, and just trust, trust in the synchronicities, trust in, in, the, in the direction you're being lured to. Mm-hmm. Right? So like the first time you see numbers, one, 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 two, 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 five, 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 five. You're like, man, I'm seeing these all the time. That's the first light bulb. That's the first magic. And you're like, there's more to this. And when you start looking them up and you start research, it's so I think meditation, meditation is like the new religion. It really is. Cause that's, that's your connection to God. And, and, and meditation will make you a believer in God again. And they, they the, so the messages I've been getting lately are it the, what's going to happen over the next year or two is going to be hard for anybody to deny God. And so the magic we're going to see, and again, this is coming from a non-religious person, yeah. a person that has not been any, like is so against religion my whole life, but I am the biggest believer in God. And I think that meditation, all of this stuff that we've been talking about, I, I, I have thought about it a lot. I think meditation is the key to move forward because that allows you to go within. That allows you to start seeing your issues. That allows you to start letting go. That allows you to start doing the work on yourself. And, and then you can't avoid it. And most people are, are feeling those things now with the light that's coming up. I think a lot of issues are coming up for people and they're not liking it and it's feeling weird and I don't want to see this shit. It's right in my face. Ah, it's your fault. It's your fault. Fuck mm-hmm. you. And, and we need that. We need that chaos to hit rock bottom and, and start to work our way out of it. That's okay. the truth. Yeah. Starting to pay more attention to what's going on within ourselves and really listening to these voices that come up once in a while where it's like, hey, like smoking, food, exercise, overworking. Even that's so annoying for people though. I feel like, I feel like the process of meditation is just giving yourself 10 minutes to quiet that nonsense, quiet all of the voices, quiet all of it and just try to, and, and, and work your way up to an hour. And then, and then all of a sudden add another hour and add another hour and then look back at the day and go, fuck, I meditated four times today. I feel so good. How do I keep doing this? I got to work. I got to do this. And then after like a month of doing it, you're like, I can't believe I still able to do this. I thought I had to work hard. I thought I had to do this. And man, my life, my life's all unfolding differently right now. Like, I think that's the best way. I start with 10 minutes work your way up and then meditate the shit out of the day. Do as much meditation as you possibly can. And, and then you'll see that like, life is so different than what we're being told. Amazing. <laughs> each week, each week we do this. I think, how are we, how am I going to talk to this much stuff and blow people's minds? <laughs> and each, each yeah. Week e- each week it's something new. And like, the thing is you can expand on every, on these, of these topics. Like it's just, there are so many rabbit holes to go down, but yeah, it's, I think the most beautiful part about these conversations again is the energy. 
like the feeling that we go out of this conversation and that hopefully people also get like listening to that. And love is the, honestly, as much, even when I say it, it sounds, it's so hard for me to still, it's still something I need to heal. Um, but each, each of our talks seems to come down to love. And like, give, it's true, like kind of giving yeah. more love to each other, giving, giving more love, like you giving free calls to people is love. Like giving, giving your connection to people is, is love. Having this and the energy that's at the essence of this energy that we're feeling, this heightened energy is, is love. Is that's the more that's the power behind all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, man. Just because you were talking about numbers, I'm just checking the time right now and it's 9 9 a.m. here. Oh wow. So I don't know. Look it up on you. So do this for me because you've probably never done this before. But what we were just speaking about. Yeah. Google seeing 909. Yeah. And then what it comes up for you and what it says. Because you saw it. I didn't. Okay. And you'll be surprised. I've actually seen 222 and looked it up and had different answers at different times. It, the, the number fits to what we're talking about. And the message that's coming through is always meant for the person that sees it. And the message is always really direct. It's, it's quite interesting when it comes. And, and you can get like one, two, three, you can get 404, you can get 414. And if, when you look at a clock and you see a number that has an alignment, look it up. Because it's always, they're always talking to you, man. And they actually say it's your higher self, not angels, but whatever. Then I have to do this like four, five, six times a day because I'm seeing these numbers a lot recently. I, I used to do it like eight times a day and to the point where my wife thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy, but it was really the only connection I had to something that felt magical. And now I, that's why I stepped up and started actually doing meditations and speaking to my guides and angels. Like I needed that. Um, but yeah, once once you start seeing the messages and then and you start really Oh man, that number really, that message connects with me. And don't start, you know, don't go to one Google one and get the message and then go to the next Google message. And then that's your ego. <laughs> the one you click on is the one that's meant for you and you'll get the message and it'll blow your mind. Okay. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> uh, until next Wednesday, man, or Thursday or whenever. Whenever we're going to meet next week. <laughs> it was amazing chatting with you again. Talking to you too, man. Have a wonderful day, brother. You too, man. I'm going to bed now. I'm late. <laughs>